0: Hello and welcome to the Seascapes CoLab podcast series. My name is Susie O'Hara and I'm a curator, educator and practice-based researcher exploring emerging models of cross-sector collaboration between art, innovation and society. I'm currently working in partnership with the Seascapes Time to Tees, Shores and Seas Marine Heritage Project, Seascapes for short, which is generously funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund and University of Sunderland. For the past three years, I've been curator and lead researcher for Seascapes CoLab, a multi-year creative engagement project that aims to scaffold creative experimentation between artists, researchers, marine heritage specialists and coastal communities living along the northeast coastline. The resulting creative experiences, participatory artworks and interactive exhibitions explore how we can better connect with our world and co-develop sustainable ways to care for our marine environment through art and creativity. Today we're going to deep dive into Sea Change Lab, a project that brought together young people living in the coastal town of Horden in County Durham. Together they experimented with sustainable low-cost filmmaking and animation. Portraiture, analog photographic printing techniques, and zine making, to explore the question: How do we care for our coast? Join us to hear artists Joe Howell, Dawn Felicity Knox, and Tracy Thomas, and my Sea Change Lab co-curator Amanda Ritson, program manager for the Northeast Photography Network, talk about the project and its outcomes.
1: First, the NAPN kind of approached people who had previously been at Sunderland University and who were freelance artists out in the world now to come together and to work with Susie in this collaborative research, I guess, to see how we could work in lots of different ways together but to carry, like, a theme throughout and that theme being our coastal heritage and how... Our proximity to the sea affects our identity and things like that. It was very much not like we were, you
2: know, parachuted in it's to tell them about this doom and gloom. You know, they they very much know about the doom and gloom and want to be active agents in caring for that, both through their direct actions and how they live live at the coast, but also how they told the story.
3: Just spending time around the area in which they live, we can become sort of a little blinkered by where we are, where we live.
4: I'm Amanda Ritson, I'm programme manager of the Northeast Photography Network which is based at the University of Sunderland. I was involved in the Sea Change project as a co-commissioner working alongside Susie from the uh, Seascapes team. My role was particularly around helping to uh, source and work with the artists on the project. The artists selected Joe, Dawn and Tracy. were all selected because they have a, a socially engaged practice and experience of working with different groups. And also we thought it would be useful to bring them together to to share their practices and and learn from each other through the process.
1: I'm Jo Howell, I am an ex-Sunderland University student. I work as a photographic artist, which is quite a broad term. I do filmmaking, I'm a published poet, I used to act. Uh, basically, anything and everything, I'm just happy to have a go at. But the main thing that I was brought into the collab for was my artistic approach to analogue photography and how I bring that together in tandem with digital photography. My name's Tracy Thomas. I'm a photographer. I work on projects that
3: are socially engaged, um, so having other people have a say, uh, produce work, and participate in a
2: variety
3: of projects.
2: I am Dawn Felicia Knox. I'm an artist. Um, I use predominantly moving image and installation. I was a part of a Northeast Photography Network project called Animated Ecologies where we were looking at animation and different photography techniques and then we were um, invited by Susie O'Hara to lead a series of intensive labs with young people in Horden.
4: The artists we were working with were engaging with a, a program called Animated Ecologies which is a global storytelling project inviting artists and creatives to explore environmental and climate challenge through film and photography and animation the project was designed to really connect people with with their marine heritage the marine environment and although they're kind of living very close to the sea it allowed them to sort of look afresh at the beauty of the the natural environment that surrounds them The initial
3: meetings with the young people was to get them thinking about what the coast meant to them because they were living on the coast. We went on then to do some exploration in the coastline, so taking images, collecting objects. We also did beach cleans and um, really to get them sort of engaged with where they live. And throughout that, they were creating work that was meaningful for them. So some people would focus on one aspect of the project, maybe a little bit more than others. So for example, some uh, young people might use cyanotypes more, or they might use photography, depending on what they wanted to do.
1: The group of kids are called Creative Youth Opportunities and they're based in Horden, or at least that group that we worked with was based in Horden.
2: And we were looking at how we care for the sea. There was an exhibition at the NGCA around islands. And we were bringing in the voice of of young people who live at the coast and talking with them about what the sea means to them and how they care for the sea and how the sea cares for them. So the young people were really keen to work with us to reflect their coastline in the way they see it. And so our role was really, as, as facilitators, was to bring techniques to their ideas.
4: The artists worked with the participants using a range of different art forms. We used portraiture to explore identity and to connect the young people with their natural environment. We used the cyanotype process, which itself requires us to work with nature and with the sunlight. And it's always something that excites young people, the the, the magic of the process and it gives them a lot of freedom to choose objects from the natural environment to to record. The animation we used, that was again sort of documenting the young people's I suppose, their relationship with the environment. We incorporated some of the activities in the animation of uh, the beach clean, again our kind of collection of natural materials and some of the, the the pollutants as well that we found. That came quite organically and was really led by the young people. Um, who particularly wanted to do animation but it also helped to tell the story of the project including the, you know, the young people documenting kind of their, their involvement with different workshops
2: the group was fantastic they were full of ideas and they had a lot to say and it wasn't about us as artists you know bringing in a narrative we, we very much were just bringing the techniques and it was their story so the young people were keen on working in animation, and so I worked with different groups of people. We filmed some along the sea, and then in the lab-based sessions, we did a lot of animation. And they created a story around. Um, it was quite. It was quite a wide arc actually. It was beginning with prehistory and the dinosaurs, <laughs> all the way to to present day and. The, the part that was really dynamic and exciting was was them thinking about how we reflect the sea and how we reflect pollution on the sea. We did a lot of animating of actual pollution we found along the coast um, using stop animation. And then we used stop animation to animate, you know, a sea environment with with this pollution coming in. And then the there's kind of two endings to the film that we made. The first ending was looking at... You know, kind of through this whole span of time from from prehistory, through industrialization, through now and, and then through a p- potential future where the sea is, is so polluted with plastic that there's not room for life. And then they did a little animation where they drew the planet and the planet kind of breaks up and that's the end of the world if we don't act. And then they created a, an alternate ending, the ending that they would like to see where we're removing the plastic, where we're caring for the sea and where the sea is able to thrive and we're able to thrive. It was quite an epic storyboard and they they did all of the storyboarding. They were the ones who very much came up with how how they wanted the story to look, how they wanted the story to move. You know, they would, they would go home at night and come back and they'd tell me, okay, this is what happens now, you know, and, and I very much was just there to teach them how to tell that story.
1: So analog just basically means that we actually had a a physical mechanical thing. So darkroom photography, Polaroid photography, literally anything that actually creates an object that you're interacting with. And obviously digital photography is kind of much more in the ether of the digital realm. So I, I come from that weird era The crossover I started in film photography and I continued that throughout my career but obviously as a commercial worker as well you have to work digitally so my joy and what I did in the project was I got the kids to photograph their experiences on their smartphones and also to collect objects from the coastal area that they were investigating so it was like experiential So we were actually out there in the landscape collecting bits and bobs. And then they could use their smartphone to print photographs on my Polaroid lab. And then I showed them how to take apart the Polaroid, because the photograph actually exists on a very thin layer of jelly in between two layers of plastic. So I taught the kids how to take apart a Polaroid and float that jelly under some of the objects that they found so Ruby did a lovely one where she'd taken a beautiful photograph of the viaduct on the way down to the coast and when we got back we were able to print that out and put it on a stone that she'd also picked up from the beach so it's kind of like creating little treasures little treasure kind of items from your experience
3: So my involvement was to support the young people with taking portraits um, using cameras. So we had a number of workshops where we learned about the cameras, about image making, and then producing images. It continued on from there to develop negatives, which they used in other classes, such as when they were using cyanotype to make scenes and images. When I'm going in and and we're starting on a project, I like the way that I'll introduce something and particularly with these young people I was using photography so cameras and different types of images and they would just run away with it and produce some fabulous work they'll study you know each other they'll study the coastline they'll think about what what it is that they want to say and just take it and run with it and that was amazing
2: I, you know, I brought down my expensive camera and my expensive tripod, which was great because they were able to use all those things. There was a bit of, so I can use your things. Yes, of course. They're here for us to make, for you to make with. But also I wanted to not make it something that they couldn't do without specialized equipment. So I showed them how to use an iPhone and uh, make a little copy stand with the iPhone to do the stop animation. You know, and a lot of the kids already have iPhones. So it was techniques that they could then go on without me to do, because I, I think both sides of the coin are really important, where they're learning to use professional equipment, the same equipment that I use to make films in my practice, but that also I'm teaching them how to do it with equipment that we all
1: have. Yeah, the kids were absolutely fantastic, like really switched on and knew what they wanted to say so we we were just there as like guides really to kind of show them the technical ways that they could achieve the things that they wanted to achieve and what was nice about doing that and doing in collaboration was that people could choose the different techniques that they liked. So several people were like, oh, well, I love animation. And they got totally stuck into that with Dawn. And they were doing little stop motion animation with objects that they'd collected from the beach. Beautiful, really, really lovely. Not everybody's got the patience for animation. Um, Just the same as not everybody maybe has the dexterity to take apart a Polaroid. So it was quite interesting that they were able to section off in that way. And Tracy's group did some fantastic portraits of each other in their own space and two of those I think were printed big and they were just phenomenal. The kids took them themselves and they were just brilliant.
2: So the way the labs went is we went down to the beach, we did some filming, there were some static shots that we ended up blending the animation into. So. You know, one kid, William. He was filming a lot of these crevices and caves that he wanted a lot of our action to take place in. Um, some of the other people were filming the sea because the sea is a recurrent motif in in the film. So you'll see the sea coming in and out, and then we've layered our animations on top of it. So we did that kind of observing and then filming, and then also we did a litter pick and we were collecting the rubbish. And then um, I'd brought down, you know, a, a big piece of fabric and the tripod and the camera. And they were able to um, do stop animation of the rubbish on the beach itself, which we then can take back into the lab and start to overlay and, and make as scenes in our film. So it was it was important to me that, you know, we spend time at the sea and we learn from the sea and we observe the coastline and we use that as a source material, but also that we could actively make work on the beach as well. That wasn't just something that has to happen in a lab.
1: We live in an industrial area, so obviously our beach is a very uh, characteristic of an old industrial scene. So their beach has got a lot of black coal dust in strata, uh, like on mini cliffs and things like that. It's, it's a very strange space. And and so a lot of them were like, well, it's, it's just rubbish, it's polluted, it's horrible. And... After they'd gotten over that because then that and that's you know, that is fair enough. Um, they didn't benefit from any of that industry. They just see the scars that were left by it later on. But yeah, so they then kind of moved on to the most, I guess, spiritual kind of way that you feel about the beach. So like, obviously listening to the sound of the waves, how it makes you think of ancient times and and stuff like that. Like the little animation the kids had done was because they'd found fossils on the beach. So they were like, thought they'd start off um, at the very beginning where all the dinosaurs were wiped out by an asteroid and you're like, that's all. That's all the kids had. Do you know what I mean? We we wouldn't have thought of that, uh, but they did, and which was lovely. There was loads of new ones, and um, but because there was about twenty kids or so, they all found their own voice and did their own path, which was which was really really lovely. Obviously, they were collaborating still, but I think a successful collaboration leaves space for everybody's voice.
3: The outcome of the project was to present their work in an exhibition, and I think that's quite a major achievement for, um, for anybody to do. But these young people had their artwork displayed in the gallery space alongside other artists and I think that's really important because it's saying to them that their work is important their exploration is important and it has you know it's valid in being there amongst other artists work and I think as well it was something that they would remember and I think it'll be that legacy it will continue because they'll remember that time because it was really a key event for the whole project I feel
4: it was really important that the project was co-created and co-authored with the young people and that continued through to exhibiting their works at the Northern Gallery for Contemporary Art where you know the young people were actively involved in the curation of that show in terms of you know what materials to include um, making decisions about kind of scale pieces to include and how they should be presented so that was a really important part for us and very enjoyable for the young people and it allowed them to see how they could become um, creators of of artworks that visitors and members of the general public would enjoy seeing. I think it's good to give people
1: those options of having stuff to do but you have to follow through and give them something like at the end as well. So that was like the, at the end, they could see the culmination of their work, their voices, shoulder to shoulder with, you know, national artists, uh, which I think was really valuable to them. It was valuable to me. <laughs> A really important part of this piece was that this
2: group, these young people, they know their marine heritage. They know about the coastline. They know about the sea. A lot of what they wanted to do is is tell other people that. Is reflect that through their own eyes, and that's what was great about showing the work at the Glass Center as part of the NGCA exhibition. Is it was their chance to reflect these narratives, you know, wider because these are the things they know. They live on the coastline. They know it's polluted. They know that they see plastic. They know that they see elements of their industrial heritage affecting the seascape and the marine life. So it, it was really nice for them to meet some of the ecologists and learn more about it. But I think to me the most important piece was giving them the techniques to reflect what they know and then sharing that urgency and that knowledge with other communities you know, through the exhibition.
3: The three artists that work with the young people all had different skills and what we did was combine these skills within a variety of projects And I think that's really important because when you've got a group of young people, some people might find that they enjoy one thing rather than another or they might have a passion for that medium, if you like. So it really allows everybody to try different techniques, but it maintains their engagement as well. So within the project, they could see the project out because they were engaged with it.
2: It's important to handle these projects like this one was handled in the sense that, you know, we're, we're the experts, if you will, at different art techniques and art processes. But they are the expert about the coast that they live on and have this sort of equality in idea exchange where it's not it's not top down learning. Like, uh, you know, we're, we're not teaching them about how to care for the sea. We're giving them techniques so they can tell us how they want the, their sea to be cared for. As a facilitator, that's one of the most important things to me is that we set up an environment where everyone has something to learn from each other and everyone has something to share. And, and we were able to do that with the labs. I found that was really, really successful. You know, we, we had three different practitioners, three different artists. there teaching three different techniques, but also the young people all had so much to teach us about where they live and how they want to tell stories and we were able to to facilitate their creation of this work.
1: Well, I know on several different levels that the kids have obviously become more interested just as a natural byproduct of us doing those bits of work. But also there's been things like beach rangers have been set up. Some of the kids have been like citizen scientists and helping to do wildlife surveys and just loads of different things. I think it just, you know... A project like this opens people's eyes to opportunities and different ways of working.
2: The academics and the scientists and the ecologists, they have an important body of knowledge and artists have techniques and ideas and ways to thread the the knowledge together in different ways. I think it's really important to to create with artists and academics and scientists. My whole practice really is, is centered on Collaboration, and collaboration with artists in science, and with artists in science and community. Um, I think it's I think it's really important to have environments where you know again where it's not top down learning, but it's it's co creation, it's sharing, it's everyone valuing everybody else's knowledge and what everyone else brings to the equation.
1: I totally enjoyed the actual excursions um, and going out and about with the kids and then coming back and creating art directly from their experiences. Like, the buzz around working like that is, is really hard to create in any other kind of circumstance. And it's, it's something that I think I realised the value of probably a lot more because this project and the wider projects gave you that much freedom just watching their sheer excitement.
2: They were such an enthusiastic and talented and creative group of people. You know, I was, I was very, 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 I very much enjoyed just handing them techniques and watching them run. I hope the young people continue to use these techniques. I hope that they're able to continue to make more films and tell their stories in the way that they want them told and that there are avenues for us to listen to their stories.
3: I think the legacy is just spending time around the area in which they live. We can become sort of a little blinkered by where we are, where we live. But we we really took the time to expose them and get them to, if they hadn't been to the coast, introduce them or reacquaint them with the area in which they live and, and the beauty of it, but also how to look after it.